On the edge of the Everglades in Florida sits Coral Castle. Consisting of 1,110 tons of massive coral, it was built single-handedly by Latvian immigrant Ed Leedsklin. His unknown process created one of the world's most mysterious feats. When asked how he did it, Ed only ever hinted that the answer was all there in ancient Egyptian texts. Ultimately, Ed took the secret with him to his grave. As to why it was built, as stories sometimes do, it began with a broken heart. This is Supernatural Matters, a psychic story original, and I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. This week, a new episode of Supernatural Matters will air every day leading up to Halloween, where I'll be sharing an unexplained mystery, leaving you to ultimately decide, natural or supernatural. find all episodes of Supernatural Matters for free on your favorite podcast player or at supernaturalmatters.com. And if you like what you're hearing, reach out on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at A Psychic's Story. Before we get to Coral Castle, we have to understand a little more about Ed Leedsklin himself. So it goes that before he was born, Ed's mother got a reading from a psychic. While under a trance, the psychic told her that she would soon have a son born prematurely. More importantly, she went on to relay that he would be different to the other ones currently here on Earth. One of the first to be reborn from Atlantis, he would bring with him an ancient science, the past revealed to him in dreams and visions. Now, there is some debate on the exact day Ed was born. Some sources say it was January 12th, 1887, and some say August 10th, 1887. Either way, in 1887, Ed was born to the fifth son of Minnie and Andres, who were farmers living on rented land in Riga, Latvia. It was during his time in Latvia that Ed learned the art of stonemasonry from his father. Despite only having received a fourth grade education by his 20s, Ed could read, write, and speak three languages. At 26, Ed got engaged to his one true love, Agnes Scuffs. Scuffs is an old-timey way of spelling or saying scups, which literally means a kiss in Latvian. Ten years younger than him, Ed affectionately referred to Agnes as his sweet 16. Depending again on the source, Agnes was said to have either canceled the wedding the day before the ceremony, or worse, left Ed at the altar, never bothering to have shown up. Others say that there was no sweet 16 at all. Ed's true love was instead a 24-year-old named Hermione Lewis, whose dowry Ed could not afford. Regardless of the official cause of having his heart broken, Ed leaves Latvia alone in 1912 for the United States. His goal, however, was not the typical American dream. His was to build a monument in honor of his lost love that would be so remarkable she would hear of it on the other side of the world and have no choice but to come and find him. After spending some time in New York, Oregon, California, and even Canada, Ed eventually decided to set roots down in Florida City, Florida. The dry and hot Florida air agreed better with the tuberculosis he had contracted during his travels than the cold northern winters and rainy west coast. They call Florida the Sunshine State, but they probably should call it the Limestone State, because that is what Florida is primarily made of. Porous limestone composed partly of mollusks and coral, their dried skeletal remains. 
Maybe Ed considered this as he went about to build what would be known first as Ed's Place, then Rockgate Park, and finally Coral Castle. Regardless, Ed unwittingly embodied the concept of Florida's aquatic history. Every piece of Coral Castle is limestone. Curved crescent moons, towering planets, beds, rocking chairs, tables, star-shaped fountains, and even a functional sundial, all carved from brittle, bone-encrusted rock. He even fashioned doors, one weighing three tons and the other a nine-ton gate that rotated with a light push of a finger, balanced on its center of gravity with only small moving ball bearings. Together, the stones total 1,110 tons, the 5.8-ton walls, and a 28-ton obelisk. The weight of one single block used in Coral Castle was greater than those used to build the Great Pyramid of Giza. All quarried, shaped, erected, and seamlessly nestled together by one five-foot-tall, 100-pound man with a respiratory illness. We know the why, but how? Scientists and engineers remain baffled even to this day. And while no one is certain how Ed managed to build Coral Castle all on his own, that hasn't stopped people from guessing. Theories range from rocks levitating due to the discovery of anti-gravity, extraterrestrials, and more. When people would ask Ed how he did it, he'd simply say that he studied how the ancient Egyptian pyramids were built. However, those daunting structures are not the best comparison. While they dwarf Coral Castle in sheer total size, the pyramid blocks weigh an average of 2.5 tons each. Ed worked alone, and always at night, lifting 10-ton rocks with a tripod made of three pieces of pine wood. Witnesses offer varying accounts about Ed and what they saw over time as he built Coral Castle. One said he saw Ed using a small telephone pole to pry rocks out of a ditch one day. Another added that Ed would often use tools from old car parts taken from a nearby junkyard. A local shoemaker would fix Ed's shoes at his request, placing metal soles on the bottoms. Someone once noticed Ed wandering around town with a witching rod. A witching rod or dousing rod is a Y-shaped or L-shaped tool used to locate underground water and other materials without the use of a more scientific apparatus. At night, neighbors would hear odd humming noises coming from Ed's enclosure at night. There were even rumors swirling around that some neighborhood kids were able to peek over Ed's fence one evening. For a few seconds, they saw him moving multi-ton stones, floating in the air as if they were merely balloons. Almost as if he sensed they were watching, the stones slowly fell to the ground and Ed went inside. In addition to his tripod, Ed also had a block and tackle, which is a lifting machine that consists of a pulley block and a hook. They are often used at the end of a crane, but Ed didn't have one of those. Many doubt that Ed's tripod and hoist was capable of lifting the tallest and heaviest pieces of coral he quarried, and then being able to move and place them with such precision. On a TV episode of In Search Of, a construction crew tries to cut a coral rock slab with a diamond-tipped power saw and lift it with a 600-horsepower crane. The process is extremely tough and daunting, even with a crew and modern-day technology, but Ed had no such saw or crane. Despite being extremely private when he built it, when Ed's place was complete, he did offer tours, telling visitors about his long-lost love and showing them around the home he built should she ever return to him. There was a throne, a heart-shaped table, a bathtub, 
in what Egg called his mad rocker, a side-by-side rocking chair so that the lovers could face away from each other but still be close even during an argument. Celestial objects appear in threes, three moons, three planets, three chairs, almost implying or hinting that love is something beyond this earthly plane. In 1937, a local man named Orville Irwin helped Ed pick up and move Coral Castle. Well, he helped move Ed's tools. Ed did the rest. At his request, Orville piled Ed's tools onto a flatbed truck and brought them to a new location in Homestead, Florida. Always secretive about his work, Ed worked at night by himself using a tractor and a self-built trailer to transport the stones over the two-mile distance. Orville and Ed became friends over time, and in his book, Mr. Kant is Dead, The Story of Coral Castle, Orville dismisses that mysticism or something as outlandish as aliens helped Ed create something so massive. To Orville, it was simply hard work, the accomplishment of a generation who did things by the sweat of the brow, even though he never did see Ed lifting or moving the stones at any point. Arriving at Homestead, Ed added far more cosmic and celestial nods than its original location. He built fortress-like walls, an obelisk, and even a telescope for locating the North Star. When the 910 door stopped working in the 1980s, a team from the University of Florida went out to see if they could fix it. They were baffled that Ed was able to figure out the exact center of gravity, lift and place the stone along with a rod through a perfectly drilled hole. The team needed lasers, cranes, and electricity to accomplish the task themselves, and Ed had none of those at the time the door was erected. On an episode of the Astonishing Legends podcast dedicated to Coral Castle, hosts Scott Philbrook and Forrest Burgess bring up Bruce Cathy, an airline pilot obsessed with the world energy grid. The world energy grid is a theory that blends other theories such as ley lines and subtle matter energy together. In Kathy's book, The Energy Grid, it states that at certain positions on the globe, there are areas or vortexes where the forces of gravity can be manipulated. Kathy believes that Coral Castle occupies one of those positions where geometric conditions exist, and it is possible for people who know how to use gravitational forces to construct great buildings of massive material. Did Ed locate a vortex, a ley line, or an electrified area of the magnetic grid? Being from Latvia, Ed likely believed in and studied ley lines. Ley lines are magnetic fields created where underground rivers go. Farmers would often use them to figure out where to dig a well or plant crops. And dowsing rods, like the one Ed was seen with, are used to determine where that magnetic energy is or isn't. Over his life, Ed also wrote some books about magnetism and electricity. In his book titled Magnetic Current, Ed implies that real gravity is like a magnet. If you reverse the magnetic forces with another method, like electromagnetic radio frequency, you can make something that is heavy not actually be heavy at all. You end up using gravity to your advantage. It is because of this that some claim that Ed did indeed discover a type of anti-gravity technique. They point to photos of Ed's tripod in which there is a black box located at the top. What's actually inside is anyone's best guess. It is one element no one has ever seen up close with the exception of the photos. If Ed had discovered an electromagnetic technique, could it have been housed inside the black box? Ed also describes in his writings a perpetual motion holder for making all kinds of light. In this reference, could light mean energy? 
Some claim that this flywheel contraption, which actually is located inside Coral Castle, is merely a hand-cranked generator. But if the purpose was to generate light, being hand-cranked, it would stop lighting up the moment the operator stopped it. No one other than Ed has been able to make it work. Curiously, there is also a metal pipe nearby the flywheel that goes deep into the ground. When you look at the other metal pipes sunk into the ground around the property, the high mineral content of the water in the area, and that Ed's shoes were made with metal soles at his request, it seems to point to experiments with magnetic fields. Ed also allegedly applied for a patent for his magnetic motor, claiming that it could work forever, but the government didn't believe that he'd actually created a perpetual motion machine. When he didn't get the patent, Ed was open and shared the plans for it, even using it to power a truck. When you look at Ed's statements about the machine, he said that you simply had the north and south of the magnets chase each other. While not classically trained in the traditional sense of education, Ed was clearly very intelligent, once claiming to have used the same techniques Albert Einstein used to create his greatest works. During his life, Ed even had his own theory about the structure of the atom. Looking back, Ed's theory is closer to what scientists now believe the structure of the atom is today. Perhaps the wildest theory about Coral Castle goes back to the psychic Ed's mother purportedly went to see, that he would have visions from his life in Atlantis. In that past life in Atlantis, aliens lived alongside humans. Ed supposedly had dreams of sky people and UFOs. He'd write down notes about the images and depictions he'd see in his dreams. Then there is the mystery of how Ed, who was initially given six months to live after being diagnosed with tuberculosis, seemingly healed so quickly and lived for another 30 years. Yes, people moved to the South during that time, often for sunshine and warmth, but six months versus 30 years is a big difference. Ed supposedly spent much of his time on what he called his sun couch, a comfortable stone carved from the coral. Ed could rotate it to catch different beams from the sun and supposedly use magnetism in addition to the energy of the sunlight to cure himself. On November 9th, 1951, Ed checked himself into Jackson Memorial Hospital, Miami, having suffered a minor stroke. After checking himself out, he died 28 days later of a kidney infection at the age of 64. No matter how Ed Leedskillen built Coral Castle, there's no doubt that he was one of the more unique figures in American engineering history. The one thing we know for certain is that Coral Castle is a remembrance, a monument that will forever live on, an ode to a broken heart. Thank you for listening to this episode of Supernatural Matters. So what do you think? How did a five foot, hundred pound man move, cut, carve, and construct a castle of over 1110 tons of coral all by himself? Did Ed discover the secret of anti-gravity? Invent a perpetual motion machine through past life visions? Was it old fashioned blood, sweat, and tears? Or was it the power of a broken heart? Check out the photos and other evidence at supernaturalmatters.com and head over to A Psychic Story on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter to give us your thoughts. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode. You can find all episodes of Supernatural Matters for free on your favorite podcast player. Okay.